As cyclical beings, it's normal to experience fluctuations in our mood, energy levels, libido, and beyond. But at what point do those changes in our mood really determine if we have PMS or PMDD? And frankly, what is the difference between the two? I dive into all of that in this week's episode. Welcome to the Cyclical Podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder, and I'm a naturopathic doctor and the leading expert in women's cyclical health and menstruation. Let's get started. Hey, gorgeous friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. You know, whenever I'm having a bad day, I just go through my iTunes reviews and cry a little bit (laughs) with appreciation. So for all of you that have been leaving these beautiful reviews, sharing that this podcast has been so impactful for you and life-changing or given you something or allowed you to have a new sense of awareness for your body, Thank you so much. And if you haven't left a review yet, it takes about 10 seconds and it really does make all the difference. A, so that I know that you love this podcast and you don't want me to ever disappear. (laughs) And B, it helps us rank higher in the algorithm on iTunes, which means more people get to randomly stumble upon this podcast and hopefully find some wisdom that is exactly what they've been searching for. So go ahead and pause this episode, leave us a review on iTunes, and really thank you so much. So I get a lot of questions, as you can imagine, on my podcast and also on my Instagram at Menstruation Queen about PMS and PMDD. What is the difference between the two and what can we do to honor and support those big fluctuations that many of us feel in the second half of our cycle in the luteal phase and the period phase? So in this episode, I'll demystify what the difference between them are, how prevalent they are, and then I'll also provide some tips or tools that you can begin to implement to address your cyclical health. Now, if this episode fascinates you, I do have a full length hour long workshop on PMS and PMDD that will be even more in depth. I'll link that in the show notes. So for those of you that really connect with this episode, you'll want to grab that. Okay, well, let's just get started. So what is PMS? PMS, of course, is premenstrual syndrome. And while it's a word that's tossed around very freely, like, oh, you're PMSing or, oh, you know, I'm just, (laughs) I don't know. We, We just use it in such common language that we forget that it is a real diagnosis and it affects many women. It affects uh, probably three in four women. So 75 to 80% of the population struggle with genuine PMS every month. And this can be emotional changes as well as physical changes. So some big symptoms of PMS might be irritability and bloating. We might be fatigued. We might have some food cravings. We might need some chocolate. Uh, Our breasts maybe get really tender. So it's really a, a constellation of various symptoms that usually come on in the luteal phase of our cycle, often five or so days before our period. Now, usually PMS lifts by the end of our menstrual cycle. So PMDD, on the other hand, is a more severe form, we could say, of PMS. It is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, and this only affects up to 5% of women. So it's a lot more rare. However, it is also a lot more disruptive to our quality of life. So when someone has PMDD, it can really feel like half of the month is stolen away from them with this big, heavy cloud of grief and sadness and rage, insomnia, We may feel like we can't focus, we lose interest in our hobbies, we may feel really depressed and have crying spells. I mean, you can really imagine how if you felt that way 14 days out of the month, you would be pretty miserable. So people with PMDD often seek out help because they feel like their quality of life has diminished hugely. 
Now with PMS, like I said, we might feel that for five or six days maybe, whereas with PMDD, it can really be the full length of our luteal phase. And our luteal phase can be 10 to 14 days long. So this is where it can literally be half of the month that is rather hellish to say the least. PMDD also usually resolves when our period starts. So that's a big notable difference to PMS. It's fair to really state that both PMS and PMDD can change our quality of life, can really, you know, impact our ability to lead normal lives, to have a job, to have healthy relationships, because they can be so debilitating and really take over our life. Hey friend, I'm interrupting this podcast really quickly to tell you about my favorite period panty brand, Horology. Y'all know that I'm obsessed with menstrual cups and period panties. I love these new sustainable ways to honor our periods, and Horology has by far been my favorite brand of period panties that I've ever personally used. Not only are they comfortable, but they are also light and really cute. Some of them are even a little on the sexy side, so no one will ever even know that you're wearing period panties. They look and feel completely normal. You can get a discount with code Cassandra. That link is also in the show notes below. So if you've been skeptical to try period panties, now's your time. I highly, highly recommend them. Now, in terms of mood changes, there's a really important distinction that I want to make right here. And that is that some changes in your mood, in your personality, in your needs, in your libido, they change. That's what makes you a cyclical being. And so if you feel like something is wrong with you because you can't be fully consistent in how you show up, Please take this permission to come back to your cyclical nature. Please take this reminder that it's okay to change and that if you're a little more irritable parts of the month, that's okay. If sometimes you're less interested in sex with your partner, that's okay. If sometimes you need chocolate and other times of the month you don't crave it, that is okay. Now what sets our cyclical nature apart from something like PMS or PMDD though is quality of life. So if your symptoms are so severe that you do feel like they impact your quality of life, then that is when we seek the help of a practitioner. That's when we get hormone testing. That's when we start asking questions like, is this person ovulating? As we start to get down to the root of what is actually going on. So permission to be cyclical, but also if you feel like half of the month is stolen from you or your partner is scared of you half the month because you're so unpredictable, that is when we know this is more than just ebbs and flows. This is now like a tidal wave of emotion that is coming up. So with PMDD, especially since I've already done a whole podcast on PMS, I wanna focus on a little more on PMDD in this piece. But what's really interesting is the diagnosis of it. And so there's not a specific test. It's not a hormone test or anything. It's actually going off of the symptoms you're presenting. There's an actual list that you must check the boxes on to be formally diagnosed with PMDD. So I'll read down that list, but you must experience at least five of the following symptoms to actually be diagnosed with PMDD by a doctor. Depressed mood, anger and irritability, mood swings, anxiety, a lack of interest in hobbies or friends, a feeling of hopelessness, low energy or fatigue, appetite changes, difficulty concentrating, feeling out of control, irregular sleep patterns like either insomnia or sleeping 20 hours a day, and then physical symptoms like bloating, headaches, or even breast tenderness. So we can see that from that list, there's some big things in there. So if someone's checking the boxes on at least five of those, then they'll probably be diagnosed with PMDD. Now in our Western world, the usual 
treatment are things like antidepressants or hormone medications like birth control. Um, but I do think it's really promising that more and more we're seeing other other tools really be brought to the table. So therapy is now pretty commonplace. And I love that more and more doctors are are saying you have PMDD. Would you be available to also start seeing a therapist? We're starting to see the mind-body connection more and more. And I think that's so fabulous. We're also seeing more physicians recommend things like quality time in nature and exercise. And this is all amazing. I'm so happy that this is becoming more mainstream. But when it comes to a holistic perspective, we have to look at the hormone fluctuations and what those are actually doing. Many of you have you know, been in period reboots or maybe I've got some private clients tuning in right now. So y'all have already heard me go on and on and on about how our hormones ebb and flow throughout the month. And that's why we feel changes in everything in our being throughout the month. We're not the same, we're cyclical. But when we look at those hormone fluctuations, sometimes our hormones don't surge necessarily as good as they should. So for example, you have to ovulate to be able to make progesterone and also estradiol. So if we're not ovulating, we can already see that that could be part of the reason why we experience more mood changes. So for example, to put this into context, when I've worked with people with PMDD, one of the first things we do is confirm ovulation. Because if they are making progesterone, that's really good. Progesterone is supposed to really soothe our menstrual cycle and our luteal phase. Um, and if they're not, then that gives us some indicators as to where we need to start. And then, I mean, I know I say that so like simply like, oh, then just start ovulating. <laughs> and that's a whole other process as well, of course, to assess why the body's not ovulating and then give it the tools it needs to feel safe enough to ovulate as well. Um, it's worth considering really that anovulatory cycles or cycles where you're not ovulating could lead to low progesterone levels. And when progesterone is low, we know that that's associated with things like mood disturbances and tender breasts and depression and anxiety. Um, basically all the things that make up the, the feeling of having PMS or PMDD. So in terms of options to move forward, here's three things to consider if you're really struggling with these big ebbs and flows throughout the month and you're looking for more tools to add to your toolbox to support yourself through this process. So first and foremost, make sure that your body can make progesterone. Like I said, the easiest way to do that is to ensure you're ovulating. Um, I teach about this at length in Period Reboots, which if you didn't know is my signature hormone and uh, period program. And in this, we talk about at length how to get to the root of your hormone imbalances and how to support ovulation and what do your symptoms mean. And like literally, if you've ever wanted to live in my brain in the way that I look at a hormone imbalance and the way I have such epic success stories with my clients and my students, then period reboots for you. I'll put the link below so you can get on the waiting list. But all that to say, Supporting healthy progesterone levels starts with ovulation, but then there's other things that are clinically shown to help progesterone levels. This could be things like vitamin C or Vitex. However, less and less do I throw out random suggestions like this because it depends on the person. So before you go invest all this money in a bunch of vitamin C and Vitex, um, I highly would recommend getting some targeted support from a practitioner. Uh, just because if your root cause is different to someone else's, it's possible you will not get the same results. So there's my little disclaimer with that in case you're hopeful that one of these products will just magically fix everything. Probably not, but it's worth noting that clinically they showed some benefit. 
The second thing is to really focus on good nutrient-dense foods, especially in the second half of your cycle. So this is where we want to ensure we're getting plenty of calories, good complex carbs. Uh, we really want to focus on ensuring that we're getting food consistently throughout the day as well. So if you feel like you tend to fast a lot or you're one of those people that lives on coffee, not calling anybody out, but if you are going all day because you're busy grabbing a coffee, grabbing something sweet, grabbing a soda, something like that, certainly we can't then be that surprised when we also feel big mood changes because we're not giving our body what it needs to be able to regulate our blood sugar. So definitely consider adding more food to your diet in your luteal phase and period phase and ensuring that it has good complex carbs in it. Lastly, really look at the stress component. I was interviewed on a podcast a few months ago and I was asked repeatedly, what is the cause for why you know, hormone imbalances really seem to be an epidemic right now and why it seems like everybody has a period problem. And, and I mean, I get that anywhere I go. <laughs> if I share what I do for a living, that I am a naturopathic doctor, that I specialize in hormone health and women's cyclical health, you would not believe the conversations <laughs> that come from that. You know, suddenly everybody's like, oh my gosh, well, let me tell you about my health or let me tell you about my aunts, dogs, sisters, you know, something. <laughs> and, um, and I obviously love helping and I love being of support, but unfortunately I really can't do a whole lot from a five minute conversation. Um, but it just shows me over and over and over though, how big of a need there is. So many people are suffering. So many people are looking for answers. And the moment they feel like someone might have an answer, they're like, oh my gosh, help me, <laughs> please. So all that to say, she was asking me over and over what what's the cause of this? Why is everybody suffering? Why is it that every woman just about that we can think of has some sort of a cycle related imbalance? And my greatest answer was really, I believe at the end of the day, it comes back to stress. Now, not just your daily stress in this moment, but the stress we've lived in our lives. And have we released that? Have we resolved that? What trauma is held in our body? I think it's a lot deeper than than maybe mainstream medicine wants to recognize. Stress really is a known proliferator of basically every imbalance in the body. And I think there's a huge link to PMS and PMDD that cannot be ignored. So especially if someone is really struggling in these areas, we have to look at stress, not just on a hormone level. I mean, certainly I wanna know what is cortisol doing and how are progesterone and cortisol interacting together and, and what's really going on, but also the basic things like, do you know how to rest? It's silly to say that almost, but a lot of people don't know how to rest. They don't know how to just be. They always have their phone or they're always watching something. And I'm guilty of this too. I've noticed that in my morning routine when I'm doing some yoga, usually I listen to a podcast. And in some ways I can say, well, that's really good. You know, I like learning and I, I love just, you know, being a fly on the wall to the great conversations, but it is a distraction in some ways too. It keeps us out of the present and it keeps us in our head as we're analyzing everything rather than say showing up to my mat, planting my feet and just focusing on my breath. Those are really, really different. So we all have our ways of, of almost disassociating or or hiding from the present moment. And so it gives us an invitation to look at our daily habits. How often are we just being? How often do we go sit outside with a book, not a phone? When we go and take a bath, are we really making this a luxurious experience or are we binging something on Netflix, you know? 
Some of these things can be okay, but if we are always living out of our body, if we are always focused on something else to where we don't ever take the time to just rest and be, how does this affect our health? I don't think science, at least, can really speak to how much it affects our health just yet, but I think a time will come where we'll be like, oh my god, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it really, really impacts us. So, I really want to conclude this episode by saying if you struggle with PMS or PMDD, I, can, I really understand how lonely it can feel. I understand that you can feel so broken inside and that you can really be so hard on yourself. And I do want you to know that you are not alone and that there are options for support. And whether you choose to go down the Western route with birth control or an antidepressant or you choose to take a more holistic option, there really is space on the table for everything. And the most important thing is that you feel nourished and supported and really heard by your practitioner. So I think this is an important subject, especially to make it very clear that doesn't have to be black and, and white. You know, sometimes we can dip our toes into natural options as well as Western medicine so that we can feel whole and, and yeah, like we have an encompassing approach. If you are interested in learning more about PMS and PMDD and how to get to the root of your symptoms, I'll link my masterclass below. It's called Pause PMS and it's... I mean, if I can be biased, it's pretty great. <laughs> it's one of my favorite subjects to talk about, and the feedback has been extraordinary. So I think you'll really, really enjoy it. Other than that, friends, I am so grateful we get to go on a trip here very soon. So I get to be totally, like I was saying earlier, present with my family and go to the beach. And you'll have to just follow me on Instagram to know where I'm going. It's top secret. <laughs> it's not really top secret, but you'll get to find out if you follow me on Instagram. So if you loved this episode, please tag me at menstruation queen. It means so much. And my friends, thank you so much for being here. All right. I'll see you next week.